0: Hey everybody, welcome to Listen Money Matters, the cure for what ails you. That's a beer pond. My name is Matt and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you and what are you drinking today? Matt, I am awesome. Uh-huh. I am drinking Good Juju, a beer brewed with ginger. Really? Is, who makes it? Yeah. Uh, Left Hand Brewing Company. Okay. Yeah, I'm familiar. I. They're, uh, uh, Colorado. Yeah, I'm actually going to Colorado next month, two months from now. Oh, that's right, road trip. Yeah, man, it's gonna be should be fun. I'm actually drinking four ounces of water. Not not by choice, <laughs> it's just all I have left in my Camelback. I'm saving every little tiny sip of water so I don't run out. Uh, but before we get started today, if you guys have questions about personal finance, like income, debt, budgeting, or investing, shoot us an email with your question to listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. Also, we want submissions for a catchphrase at the beginning of the show. Today's catchphrase, the cure for what ails you... Parentheses, that's a beer pun, that was all me baby, that was me, but we need your submissions And we've gotten a few, but we need more And you can send those via Twitter, at Money Man, Or you can send it to our email address, listenmoneymatters at gmail.com Today, we have a very exciting guest on the show I'm excited to talk to him, his name's Tony Stubblebine And Tony is the CEO and co-founder of Lift, an awesome app for forming habits An app that I use every single day uh, it's on my phone. It's on my home screen. Use it all the time. Tony has worked for a number of tech startups, including uh, with some of the guys from Twitter and has put together a team that has created one of the best ways to create a new habit. And Tony, how are you today? And what are you drinking? Are you drinking anything?
1: I'm great. I am drinking the financially responsible choice, tap water that I didn't even pay for myself.
0: <laughs> tap water. No, Not through a filter, just right out of the tap.
1: Right out of the tap. Baby.
0: Excellent. That's, that's how you right. drink it.
1: Yep, that's right. And that, that's, uh, what is that? Like two cents that I can put into my piggy bank now? There you go.
0: And you know what? And, and, you, and you mentioned you're being pers- you're financially responsible. And, and I mentioned that you worked for a number of tech startups. One of those was Wasabi.
1: Now, do you, like, do you think your listeners still remember what Wasabi is?
0: I don't know. It was. Pro- probably but, not. But explain what it was.
1: Well you, I mean ever i know I saw you guys did a show on Mint or mm-hmm. uh, did something on mint recently, so it was very much similar to mint launched right before mint and just didn't quite didn't quite nail it the way that they did and so there's um you know there's a uh, there's definitely a little bit of like ah, we were almost there <laughs> so close and um but i you know I would say almost identical to what mint ended up being, and for that reason, I actually like I care a lot about um uh, personal finance. That's why I joined Mint, and, uh, and that company was the first time I worked for a company that really had a mission. So Lyft has a mission around you know helping people be superhuman. It's a real human potential mission, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Wasabi was just a, a narrower version of that. You got all of these people that feel stuck because they don't have control over their finances, and if you could give them more control. You know who knows what they would go on to do.
0: Mm-hmm. And you worked for uh, Twitter as well.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it's funny. A lot of people. A lot of people like to claim that they're one of the missing co-founders of Twitter. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to be very particular here. I was the head of engineering for the team that built the first version of Twitter, but I was actually employed by a podcasting startup there, audio Odeo. Odeo. Yeah, that's right. So um, I was Jack Dorsey's boss. I did give him a raise. Uh, <laughs> And since we're talking about money, I'll say it was $6,000 and he probably uh, uh, got maybe six months of that. So we'll say $3,000 and that, you know, I haven't had a chance to ask him recently if that really played a big role in his current finances, but I assume so.
0: Yeah. And it's funny. I just finished last night, not, you know, not on total coincidence. I just read Biz's book. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it was really good.
1: Yeah, he's an amazing. I mean, he's—I worked with him there as well. Uh, just you know, he's got this phrase that really—that I use all the time—that applies to Lyft, which is, you know, um, people always ask what's the secret to success, and I say, you know, my friend Biz has this phrase. It goes, it took him ten years to become an overnight success, mm-hmm. and that you know, there you go. That's the secret: hard work.
0: Yeah, and,
1: and uh, you know, deep down, we all knew that was going to be the answer, but we were hoping it was good, you know. We could just cheat and uh, get around it, but you know, for the most part, the people I saw, you know, at Odeo who went on to found Twitter, it's a lot of hard work.
0: Yeah, and you have uh, and Lyft. Speaking of hard work, now, you, yes. are you a programmer? Did you program Lyft?
1: I, w- I am a programmer. Originally, I even okay. wrote a book on programming maybe ten years ago. But uh, for the most part, now I am just the CEO. I like my job is to talk to people and uh, tell them how great Lyft is mm-hmm. and that could be people like you you know like how can we how could Lyft help people be there um both you know physically but also financially and uh but you know also to people that might want to join Lyft and work
0: okay so yeah i mean y- you mentioned first physically because we're going to talk about how we can use Lyft for money and i want to get on that yes. but uh i know you guys are did you guys already launch this quantified diet plan
1: yeah, so we, you know, we we put out a project, a research project, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- the way Lyft works is that it it's a, a support system, basically, for any goal, and we have more than two hundred thousand different active goals on the system that you know re- span a really broad range. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to look at a particular popular area, dieting, right, and see if by having all of this data that we could actually verify what works and what doesn't work. And so we have preliminary results right now on nine different diets. And uh, it's kind of funny to look at the results because for the most part, the diets performed very similarly. Like, so first of all, good news is dieting works, right? <laughs> if you're thinking about doing a diet, like, go ahead. I right? can
0: attest to and, that
1: 100%. Yeah, it, it, but the question is why? And when we looked at our data, this like optimization around which diet to pick was really kind of meaningless. Like, pick a diet that looks healthy and is appealing to you. Like, we saw people averaged about two percent body weight, like uh, losing about two percent of their body weight over the course of a month, which is a really great average. Yeah, and of course, a lot of people saw even more than that. But um, but you know, we we're like we we're kind of hoping that one diet would just like kick ass and. Uh, And really, no. For the most part, they did the same. The biggest predictors of how much weight you were going to lose were actually what you were eating before you went on the diet. So, and that—I mean—that's basically the story that I tell now. Is look, optimization is meaningless because like it's completely swamped by how terrible the standard American diet is.
0: Oh, you know, yes,
1: right. Like if you're drinking soda and eating at McDonald's. You know what? You're going to be fat. Stop doing that. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. That's the whole thing. Stop drinking soda. Stop eating at McDonald's. And you know, like we need to replace that with something. So basically, any replacement we give you is going to be better than that.
0: Mm-hmm. And I lost uh, like over a hundred pounds by doing pretty much zero exercise and only focusing on what I put in myself. What I put in my body food wise.
1: Really? Yeah. Like I, what? What? How, over what time period?
0: Uh I lost a majority of the weight within the last year. So uh wow. I guess 2013, but it took about 3 years of on and off dieting. Not and I would never I never really considered a dieting because all I did was I just consciously said to myself I'm just not going to eat anything out of a box. I'm right. just I'm just going to eat foods that are whole foods and I, and I you know I I even dabble a little a little bit in veganism. And I'm like, maybe I should try just only eat vegetables. And I did it for like a month and I liked it, but yep. I-, I like bacon and I like pro- animal protein. So yep. I just, and I also, so right now, uh, my diet is only whole foods. So for breakfast and dinner, cause I only eat two meals a day now. And it's much easier because I work from home. I'm not at an office. There's not snacks flying around. No one's going out to lunch. No one's forcing me to go out to lunch. So, I can control what I eat and when I eat, and it's been like, and I don't have to exercise, and I'm like dropping weight like crazy,
1: It's amazing,
0: yeah, it's awesome,
1: but right, but i- I mean, I love the part of the story that's like you know you're not weighing your food,
0: right, right? You're yeah, not, right, you right. know
1: it's not like you know. You're not. You're not like. Oh, I'm starving all day. Like, you know, right? It's like uh-huh. you're. You're eating. You're eating good, solid food. You just stopped eating the way that you used to be eating. It's not right. Like, um, yeah. For me, my gateway to bad uh, health is sugar, and mm-hmm. so I tried to outlaw sugar in the office. Mm-hmm. Like, just not. I don't want it around me. Like, if if it shows up, it needs to be thrown away immediately.
0: Yeah. And for same. the most
1: part, that that works for me. That. Uh, but I can only do that because I'm the boss.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, my biggest weakness is beer because I love it. I used to, <laughs> I, I brew it, and I know yep. it's just drinking sugar water. Yeah, I mean that's all it is, and and that's like I, I, that's my like I could be super good all week, and then as soon as the weekends hit, I'm I'm screwed. You know. Right.
1: So do you allow, Do you have you like completely banned beer from your life or? Are you- N- you Just allow it occasionally
0: I allow it occasionally only because i, I am I love it like as this right. I mean i am glad it's that and not you know soda or uh, double cheeseburgers from McDonald 's or something i'm glad it's something right. that you know I mean, at
1: least beer gets you drunk right
0: it, yeah it has a, it has a good side effect <laughs> exactly, <laughs> although I guess yeah. you could argue that double cheeseburgers get you drunk but in a really bad way terrible hangovers I
1: was talking to an author um, Gretchen Rubin, she wrote the happiness project and yeah, I'm familiar. Uh, now um, yeah and now working on a habit book and she had this uh, I've never seen anyone else do this but she had this take where she actually categorizes people or helps people categorize themselves and I forget what the two phrases were but one of the key categories was um oh are you a moderator or an abstainer so some people actually um doing something in moderation works for them so mm-hmm. like you're saying Oh, you only drink on the weekends, right? Like, that's, a, that's moderation, and that seems to be working for you. Me, I'm a terrible moderator. Like, if I have sugar today, I might have sugar tomorrow and for the next 10 <laughs> right, days until right. I realize that I'm on a binge. And so, like, I just know, like, I have to abstain. And, um, and I just thought, like, that was actually, a, that's a really good kind of lesson to know about yourself. Uh, cause you know, some people are, give you moderation advice and some people give you, uh, abstinence advice and uh, you just got to know like who you are and what, what flavor of advice works for you.
0: Right. I totally agree. Now, um, let's, let's talk about Lyft a little bit. Yeah. All right. What, explain to uh, the listeners what Lyft is in case they've never heard of it.
1: Yeah. Well, you gave such a great intro, so they, now they've heard of it. Um, <laughs> Basically what we're trying to do is build a personal coach that lives on your phone. So whatever goal you have, like we want to break it down for you, give you the advice for how to do it, um, encourage you and hold you accountable. And you know like when we look at people that are really succeeding, like they have these systems, for training themselves to be great, like as Biz says, you know, it took him ten years to be an overnight success. But he spent those ten years working with the top people in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And so we don't have, we don't all have access to that all the time. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not going to the like Olympic training center for advice on how to ride the stationary bike, right? Right. right. You know, and uh, and so it's really just a distribution problem. Like, can we take great coaching? And put that in app form, and, uh, and if we could do that, like I mean, with no embarrassment, I really think we could turn you know any person into a superhuman.
0: And it's just by using this app. Yeah, yeah. and it's free.
1: And it's free. I know it's amazing. Yeah. How does that work?
0: Well, I think that's where we want to go. How <laughs> does that work?
1: Yeah. Do you? Um, how do you guys feel about the startup ecosystem? Out here in the Bay Area, which it just seems to be like running on funny math all the way through.
0: <laughs> I wish I were out there to take advantage of it. That's for sure.
1: Right. Wait. Where are you guys based? Chicago?
0: Uh, New York or New York? Yeah, New York, New Jersey? Yeah.
1: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You know what? I, um, I actually spend a good chunk of my time in Brooklyn. Where Where in New York are you guys?
0: Well, Andrew, you're up in uh, Hoboken. Hoboken, yeah.
1: Hoboken. I've been there.
0: Yeah, and yeah, but you work in New York. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, downtown yeah. Uh, for iHeartRadio.
1: Gotcha. And I'm All in right. South
0: Jersey near Philadelphia. All right. All
1: right. Well, maybe I'll run into you guys someday.
0: Oh, hopefully.
1: Uh, wait, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, funny money. Yeah. The, uh, Yeah, you know, it's funny. My two investors, or main investors, Evan Williams and Bijan at Spark Capital, uh, like, basically, I don't think they've ever made money. You know, like they've never been involved in a company that was really about making money. Like, so Ev founded Blogger and then Twitter, Mm -hmm. and Bijan was like on the board of Twitter, Foursquare, uh, Stack Overflow, Tumblr. You know, just like a bunch of companies that you're like, wow, that really wasn't about building a business, even though you know a lot of them made some money in there.
0: They were just making cool shit.
1: They're just making cool shit. And so they've really specialized in that weird, like, BC world of build it, um, you know, build it big and then figure out how to make money later. And, you know, I think all things considered, it's, like, pretty cheap from the, like, financial investment perspective. Mm-hmm. Where, like, they, you know, they're capable of writing a check for, like, $100 million. And to have these little companies that are, you know, just, like, six or seven people, it's, like, barely even registers for them. So, I mean, that, I... I think it's funny to be in this world because the last company I started, I didn't have any investors and I bootstrapped it and we've made money and it was really easy to explain to my parents, you know, what sort of business it was. It was like people pay us to do this for them. Uh And if I, you know, and uh, this lift is not that yet. But, you know, I think unlike uh, a lot of the other consumer startups up here, I think we have a, a pretty simple business model uh, in the works, which is just uh, hot, you know charging for higher and higher levels of coaching. That base level is free, but if you want a real person to spend time with you every week, there's no way to do that for free. And in fact, there's actually a, a pretty high demand for that. Um, so we've been thinking about adding that into the app and, and uh, charging for it.
0: That's not a bad idea.
1: Yeah, but you guys we've have actually. The- well, we've run that is is not a bad idea. But on top of that, we actually ran a bunch of tests around it. Mm-hmm. And totally, like the conversion rate is great. The um, the value, like it, we can see the effect on people's behavior, is pretty uh, pretty enormous.
0: And you guys have plans.
1: That's true. Yeah, I think you actually helped us with one. Yeah, idea. I wrote I wrote
0: a few of them. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, that's what that's part of it. Being a personal coach is taking the expert advice of experts like you and uh, putting that into the app. And a good example recently, we put out a guided meditation category, which is like a really popular category on Lyft. Uh, But in the old days where Lyft was really about habits, if you didn't already know how to meditate, Lyft really couldn't help you. And now that we have guided meditation, we actually have experts who, you know, put their videos into Lyft. And so you just sit down and listen to some expert tell you how to meditate. And we can take you from someone who's never meditated to being, you know, pretty expert and consistent in it. So we're just, we're doing more and more of that. Yoga, exercise, uh, you know, dieting. Just like really trying to make sure we, have, we can pair advice with the motivational system that we'd already built.
0: And and this uh, so I gotta ask why habits?
1: Yeah, I mean this is habits are an interesting place to start. Um, but the fundamental reason is like when you look at success, eighty yeah. percent of it is consistency. Right? Mm. That if you if you're not willing to do it over and over again for years on end, you're never gonna get anywhere. So it's like when we talk about like going to the gym, it doesn't matter if your first three workouts are great workouts if you're not still going to the gym a year later. Right. Right. You're just like that's going to have no long-term effect on your fitness. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people they go to the gym. Sometimes they get a personal trainer and they they work out as hard as they freaking can. Right. And that's not about creating a habit. That's about like having some sort of overnight success. Yes. The reality of like what you should be doing is go to the gym. Uh, actually, it, honestly, it doesn't matter if you even work out. What matters <laughs> is you go to the gym again and then again and then again. And uh, um, I mean, you should work out. I mean, that's the point, right. kind of, the point of it. Yeah. But like, it doesn't, like, you'd be better off not working out than working out so hard that you don't want to come back. And um, just creating that habit of you know exercising regularly—that's going to change your fitness. Um, and you know if you keep doing it, you'll maintain your fitness. Like, what's the point of getting fit and then stopping again? Right? Mm. Like for you, you just did all of this work recently on diet, and then if you gave it up, like, what would the point of that work?
0: Yeah, been? and you feel like, like you feel like shit afterwards.
1: Exactly right. So consistency is the whole thing. Right, and uh you know habit is really just a word for consistency, okay like we're interested in the the areas of self improvement that benefit from consistency
0: hmm, do you have any habits yourself that you've used the app to create? Oh my
1: God, so apparently, I've tried out two hundred and forty different whoa uh, habits <laughs> like,
0: but do you have time to do anything else?
1: but you know the um the uh what call it? The thing to know is that this started as a side project before we'd even had investment. So I actually like have two years of data where I'm the only user. Um, really? So it's unsurprising that I that I tried um, so many things. But you know, the ones that I'm most proud of is you know while I was using Lyft, I picked up swimming. So I used to be a runner, and then I was a cyclist, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I started swimming, and I was terrible at it. And I think now, since starting lift, I've swam 208 times, which is pretty freaking good. I usually swim two or three times a week. And now, you know, I was looking at my swim times um, compared to triathletes. And what I read was that I would be a middle-of-the-pack swimmer in the sprint triathlon. And as, like, someone who still thinks that I'm, like, a new swimmer, I was actually pretty psyched by that. Right? Like, I went from... Almost drowning in the pool <sighs> to feeling like I, you know, I could get out there and swim a competitive event. Um, so that was a big one for me. The big productivity one for me is set priorities for my day. Like I used to just come in and my whole day would be a mess. Yeah. You did, so yeah, now when that. I sit down at my desk, I actually block. Like I write down what I want to do, and then I block out time for every piece of that in my calendar. And that's kind of my secret for making sure that it's hap- it happens, and mm-hmm. being able to see what's actually possible. Because, you know, when you write a to-do list, you're going to write down, like, 15 things right. and you just do three. Yeah. But if you actually schedule them, then you know at the beginning of the day, like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to do, like, items 8, 9, and 10. That's not going to happen. And, you know, you can deal with it accordingly.
0: Do you write the list before you go to bed or the first thing in the morning?
1: I know before you go to bed is the, the, the ideal.
0: Uh-huh. No,
1: I mean, I work till I'm exhausted, and then I, like there's no yeah, before I go to more. bed, it's not right. uh, a time where my brain is working. Uh-huh. Um, so I do it I just do it when I sit down at my desk. Um, meditation is something I picked up in Lyft, uh, and then uh, no sweets. That, like giving up sweets is the biggest, the biggest challenge I've ever done in Lyft.
0: No sweets. Out I'm
1: a freaking addict. I mean, if there wasn't Lyft, you know, I would have had to find a 12-step uh, program or something. <laughs> for AA?
0: Like yeah. AA for, for sugar-addicted people? I've never,
1: I've been, I've been as a guest to an AA meeting, but uh, but I do know that there is a Overeaters Anonymous, so I haven't yeah. ever had a chance to join them. Um, you know, it's funny, it's like AA is actually, I mean, some of your listeners probably actually do go to... Uh, AA or Al-Anon or you know some sort of 12 step but for those of us who you know never felt the need uh, I feel like we we're really missing out on something cuz it's this amazing this is an amazing experience of having you know being connected to people that are you know have the same goal you do you know you don't even have to call it a problem right mm-hmm. it's the same goal you know AA is about the goal is to be sober Um, you know, NA is the goal is to, you know, not be an addict right, and uh, the um, and just the support and the positivity and the effectiveness of it is unbelievable, so I feel like you know, like that was an inspiration for Lyft, where it's like, if you could take the level of power that you get in one of those meetings and apply it to you know, like save money every day, or uh, you know, go to the gym or like some, like Yes, we would never normally have that sort of support for all of the little goals that we have in our
0: lives. Hmm. See, I'm, I'm looking at my Lyft app right now. Yeah. I'm what looking, are you tracking? Okay. I'm tracking. I have to write three positive things about my day. I love that one. I do that before I go to bed, and then I have I have a reminder that goes off at 11 p.m. Yeah. So I write three things, and they usually end up they usually end up being pretty small. Yeah. Because I don't really do much all day because <laughs> I'm at <laughs> home. Uh, I have write for 30 minutes. Yep. So I write whatever it could be a journal entry, it could be a blog post, it could be. I don't new. I don't usually count emails because no. I don't think that's productive writing. No. I have read, which uh, I was able to finish business book in two days. Uh-huh. I just went, I just went nuts on that one. That was great, and I got a few more in my uh, iPad that I'm yep. ready to go through. Yeah. Uh, meditate, mm. which is a tough one for me because I. I haven't found, I, I don't, I, I personally, I don't want to use a guide for it, but I've been using calm.com. Have you heard of it? Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Well, actually they have some guides inside of lift. Oh, do they? Yeah. You know, do you know the founder of calm.com? Do you know what he's famous for? No. He did the million dollar homepage. Do you oh my God. With all,
0: I, with all the little, uh, with one pixel pixels? ads. Yeah. No shit.
1: Yeah. and, I I feel like he has the same story that I have where it's sort of like we you know we had done interesting work in tech but then we really wanted to do work that matters.
0: Right. And
1: so that's how he came to Calm and that's how I came to Lyft.
0: Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I Calm, I really like the Calm.com guides cuz they're short.
0: Yeah, and I'm using the app just I I it's tough because they say to do it in the morning, but I usually end up doing it sort of in the afternoon or sometimes before I go to bed. And I don't know if All that's right. the best time to do it before bed, but I'm learning.
1: You know, it, everyone that I've ever talked to that thinks that meditation is hard, that what they tell what they talk about is sort of um self-doubt. Yeah. Right? And this is why I almost always recommend a guide. Because I feel like a lot of what the guide does is walk you through self doubt. Mm. That, you know, like a lot of people think that meditation, that they're meditating wrong. And in fact, there's like almost no way to meditate (laughs) wrong. Right. Right. Yeah. Like if, but if you go in with the expectation that your mind is going to be completely clear, that's That's not right. It's impossible to do that. Nobody does that. So the guide will just tell you over and over again hey, did your mind just wander? Let's bring that back to your breath. Yeah. And they'll tell you that like every 90 seconds. And they'll say, you know, totally normal. Totally normal that your mind has wandered. Let's bring that back to your breath. And, I mean, you really just need to be reminded of that because it's too easy to set these expectations for yourself that Mm -hmm. are not right. Yeah. And, in fact, your mind wandering is actually kind of the whole point because what you're practicing is control of your focus. So noticing that your mind has wandered and bringing it back to a point of focus, that's what the skill you want in real life, right? That you know, let's say um, you know I'm talking to you, and an email comes in. I kind of see a notification. I'm not on a frickin' podcast. I'm <laughs> supposed to be completely present. Right. And see this notification? Like, I need that skill of being like, you know what? I can read that that email in 30 minutes. You know, like I'm I'm here to talk, right? Yeah. And uh, and that that's what real life is about. And this idea of like just. Like going blank, who cares? That's not a skill you need. Um, so, if your mind didn't wander, you wouldn't have anything to practice. And it's actually really good that it wanders. And you just, but a lot of people kind of get tripped up on that.
0: Yeah. And they get angry and frustrated.
1: Yeah. Like sometimes sure.
0: I do. And I know I'm not supposed to, but I feel like I'll, I'll learn. I got to keep doing it. I got I to gotta build the habit. Yeah. You got to keep using With, lift.
1: This is some of my favorite research that we ever did. We actually looked at people that were succeeding and people that were failing and the people that were uh, failing all told the exact same story they're like well you know all I wanted to do was just sit down for 30 minutes and keep a clear head but I just my mind kept wandering maybe I'm not cut out from my meditation mm-hmm. and so as we said that's an impossible standard to set for yourself the people that were succeeding they said you know look I just started with two to five minutes and uh, yeah, it's still a struggle, right? And uh, I was like, right, like they're succeeding because they made it, they kind of made the definition of success really, really low. Um, but all of those people, you know, went on to say, you know, meditation was a, had a big impact in their lives.
0: Yeah. And you start a couple minutes a day and then you work yep. your way up to 30 minutes.
1: Yeah, in fact, I've never actually gotten past twenty minutes. No, you know that it's like once I started getting into the twenty minute meditations, I was like, uh, "This is too much."
0: Do you fall so, asleep?
1: Like, yeah, no, it just like just got too antsy, mm. and uh, or actually avoided doing it because I didn't feel like I had the time. Right. So I just re- I really stick to the five to ten minutes, and. um uh you know, unless I'm like doing it in a group situation. You know, I live in California, so of course there's like these uh, crazy hippie <laughs> opportunities to yeah. you know, like um go to the you know, sit in a like a hot spring and meditate with some uh you know some priest kind some of guru. thing. Guru. Guru. Yeah. You know. There's gurus around here right. on every corner.
0: I'm sure. I mean, and you know, the last one I have here is uh, I don't don't spend any money. That's my last uh, habit on Lyft.
1: Oh, can you get through an entire day without spending money?
0: I have, yes, I, I very easily easy for me. Obviously, I cannot do it every single day, right. but I can do it more than most. Only because I work from home. Work from home. So. It's very easy for me to just stay. If I just stay in this house and do not walk outside, I'm pretty safe that I won't spend money. And I'm not a big online shopper. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I can, I, can, I can successfully do it. Wait, and- so, can we ta- so
1: this is one of the things I actually wanted to talk about, about saving money, mm-hmm. which is one of my big observations is that it's one of the best ways to save money is to reframe it so that it's not about deprivation. Okay. So I don't know if this. So, you like you know the marshmallow test that they like these. Yeah. Mean psychologists were giving to the, the kids like, elementary school yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like they take a kid, put a marshmallow in front of them, and leave for like thirty second or for like three minutes. And if the kid ate the marshmallow, it was a. Predictor that this kid was going to like drop out of high school and you know never go anywhere in life, and the kid did not eat the marshmallow. It meant they were like going to ace their SATs and go to you know an Ivy League school.
0: Well, wasn't it because they they told them that if you don't eat this marshmallow, a bigger marsh, uh, you'll get two marshmallows and three two marshmallows.
1: Months. Yeah, right. right. So it is, like, basically a test of self-control. But in the videos, you see the kids, like, literally, even the ones who didn't take the marshmallow are, like, shaking. Yeah. You know, they're like I, you're like, I can't eat it, I can't eat it. Like, I'm not supposed to eat this marshmallow, right? And that that's deprivation, right? That requires energy. And the thing that I really I noticed about my own life is that when I was working for other people, I spent an enormous amount of my day thinking about, things that I wanted to buy. Like, um, Hmm. I remember my first high-definition television. This was, like, back before they were flat screens. I got one of these big-ass
0: rear-projection
1: ones. ones. Yeah, And, uh, you know, it's like, I knew you could get maybe a Plasma for, like, $3,000, but, you know, I thought a rear-projection you could get for $1,000, $1,500. I spent three months reading reviews for uh, big-screen TVs before making that purchase. I mean, it just, like... Every free moment at work, that's what I was doing. And, like, that's what I was doing for every purchase. And because all, it, like, where I was finding meaning in my life was where I'm spending my money. Mm. But then the second I started a company, I didn't pay, like I, wasn't, like, I wasn't paying any attention to what I was going by because, like, that just wasn't meaningful to me. What mattered to me was my work, right? And it's just, when I, when I reframed my life where I was getting meaning from something that didn't involve spending money, I stopped caring about spending money, and it wasn't like it wasn't about deprivation. It was totally just about I've changed my priorities, and so I think you could even do that. I mean, I'm not saying like everyone has to like quit their job and find <laughs> another job, right? But I, I mean, because obviously, if we're talking about financial responsibility, having a job is generally considered a, a, a perk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, But it could be stuff like, you know, what are your hobbies, right? Um, You know, do you have friends that do, uh, you know, like, do you play Ultimate Frisbee with your friends?
0: Stuff that's free.
1: Yeah, Yeah. right. Or do you, like, go drinking with your friends, right? You can run with either crowd. And frankly, like, I like drinking with my friends, but, you know, exercising with my friends is every bit as um, fulfilling. And, uh, you know, it's like, or do you have friends that do dinner parties or do you have friends that like want to try like every new restaurant in town, right? especially you guys in the New York area, like if you have, if you have those friends that are like, Oh my God, this hot new restaurant open, we have to go there. Dude, that's like $500 a month at least. Oh, you know? I think Maybe all of my friends $1. are like that. Yeah. All yeah. of my
0: friends are like that.
1: Find some friends that like to cook, right? Yeah. You know, you, you can save this huge chunk of money just by kind of picking different hobbies and uh I was, like and I, I never really got how powerful that was until I changed jobs and just was like, "Wow, I stopped spending money um, and that's i mean, that's I think I've been working for myself since two thousand and seven seven years
0: has mm-hmm.
1: just been true the whole way through like retail therapy is just not um not a thing for me anymore.
0: You know, you got, that got me thinking really hard because I have a friend who he works and I know he doesn't like his job, but I think he makes up for it by spending money. You know, exactly. he's got a nice car, he's got the boat, he's got yep. the whole thing. And a, a lot of friends, like they're, they get done work at the end of the week. They, you know, they don't like work. It's five days a week. They hate it. So they, right. they go, oh, we got it. We're going to go out. I mean, they spend all week planning on how shit face they're going to get over the weekend and how many restaurants they're going right. to hit, you know? Right. And like planning these massive days of just like blowing the money that they spent all week working on, and I don't think I don't. My brain isn't like that anymore. It used to be. Oh god, it used to be. Yeah. And that's, well, so that's when, interesting.
1: When did that change for you? Like,
0: you know what? Honestly, it changed when I, uh, well, in two thousand thirteen, I decided to just you know become better with money. It was one of my New Year's resolutions, and I started reading a bunch of books, and I started using Mint. And I started, you know, just trying to educate myself and be aware of it. And, but I'll be honest, probably it wasn't until, uh, like I was fully on my own in like August and I had to rely on the money that I was making. I had no one else to rely on. So that, Mm -hmm. so that, that safety net that I had previous to that was, was ripped out from underneath me. And all of a sudden I, everything like kind of reprioritized. I, I mean, I, I ended up. Uh, getting rid of my condo, I got rid of my BMW. I super downgraded my life because all I cared about was working for myself and doing the work that I wanted to do. And all of a sudden, like money, I, I don't even, I don't even care to spend money. It doesn't matter that much to me. But when I do, it's meaningful, right? You know, and it's, I mean, and like that's why I think that at, with with building the habit on, it's not real. I don't know if it's necessarily a habit that I'm building. I'm just making myself aware. Every time I swipe the box that says don't spend any money, it's a good feeling because, oh, you know, I didn't spend any money today. It's easy. And I think it just mainly just being aware that I didn't spend money today versus the days where I do spend money and I'm not able to check that box has made a huge difference as well.
1: I mean it's an option for you. You reset up – you set up your life so that it's an option to not right. spend money and you're using Lyft to reinforce that. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people are looking for these kind of smaller tricks, but honestly, like, that's the biggest thing that I've ever heard of working, right? Because you didn't, like, neither of us are telling a story of struggle, mm-hmm. right? You know, like, we didn't go cold turkey. We just changed our life, and it happened to have this big effect on our spending habits.
0: Yeah, it was a byproduct. You know,
1: I was thinking before the show about other habits that I'd I'd heard of, and I had, like, one... Uh, tiny one from the Wasabi days uh, that I don't think I've heard anyone else. But it, it uh, give, but it's a real common story. So there's a bunch of Wasabi users who had so much guilt around their finances that they would basically refuse to look at their mail.
0: Oh, right?
1: Have you heard of this before? Yes. Right. It's just like the bills come in, and it's like I don't want to deal. They I don't shove them in a at drawer. It. Shove it in a drawer, right? Yep. So they're paying like 1000 thousand, two, three, four thousand dollars dollars a year in fees because they feel bad about themselves, mm-hmm. right? So, like, you could, you know, it's funny, like, you know, you could think of, like, uh, financial responsibility as habits like save money, right, mm-hmm. or don't spend any money today. But you could also, it could be as simple as open your mail every day, right? Hmm. And, you know, process your mail, pay, you know, it's one thing if you can't pay your bills, but a lot of us can pay our bills and then still trip up over it, right? Yeah. And it's just like, open your mail every day and process your mail. Like, uh, mailbox zero is what one, one of my co- co- uh, co-workers calls it, right?
0: Oh, so yeah, our, I it, inbox yeah, zero.
1: Yeah, we got inbox zero, but you also got your, like, real mail, and, uh, like, that's where, you know, bad news comes, and if if you make it a point of pride that when that news comes like um like i, I like i'm terrible at paying uh parking tickets like for me <laughs> that's the worst like i know when i see a ticket i'm like fuck this is going to be four times as expensive as it needs to be because like i'm i'm not going to see you know i can't pay it right away i have to wait for them to mail me something i like i don't even i don't even know where my stamps are like this could go on forever Uh-huh. And, uh, and it's just like, that's a, that's a bad financial habit that I don't like. I just don't have any good relationship with my mailbox, um, for a number of reasons. Like one, yeah. I mean, like many of them personal, but like, I've heard that from so many other people that that was like kind of the, the surprise, uh, personal finance habit that I came with today.
0: That's a good one. Yeah. That's simple too. It's super simple.
1: Yeah, open your mail.
0: Open your mail, and and maybe like just have. I have a, like a three storage bins above my desk where yep, it's like exactly you know right. not opened, opened, and then processed.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Some drop dead simple thing. You know, a lot of people like to over like overthink. You know, they have this goal and they're really like kind of nervous about achieving it, and so they think, well, all right. I need, like, the har- I need to create the hardest possible system for solving it. And a lot of times yeah, right. it's, um, uh, the actual solution is like drop dead simple. Um, wait, can we talk about dating here?
0: Oh, I would love to. I would <laughs> okay. love to. What, what,
1: this is, I mean, this is going to seem super tangential, but it's like one of my favorite uh, kind of examples of overthinking. Okay. So what, what do you think of the pickup artist community?
0: Uh, I am not familiar with it because I am not a part of it. <laughs> I, I'm I'm a single dude.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, do you, I don't know if you read this book, The Game, or for a while I've heard there of it. There's a, a show on MTV called The Pickup Artist, and the yeah. host mystery was all about like pieces of flair. And mm. uh, what it is is this really systematic way of picking up women in bars that like involves. Uh, rehearsing your, like, opening lines in, in the mirror before you go out. So, for example, like, you might put on all of these pieces of flair, like, you know, like, normally if I go to a bar, I'm wearing, like, dark jeans and, a like, a nice button-up shirt. What's but it called?
0: Like, is that called peacocking?
1: Yeah, peacocking. Okay. Right? And the terminology here is, is like, so amazingly fun. <laughs> right. Um, But, you know, like, they're going to say, like, no, I need, like, gold chains and a leather vest and, like, you know, leather pants. Like, that's what I need to wear. But the thing is, like, then you walk up to, like, a table of women and you go, like, hey, did you just see that fight in the parking lot? It was, like, crazy. And, and, you know, like, there was no fight in the parking lot. This is, like, just some dumbass story that you were rehearsing in the mirror beforehand. And so then and then they've got these things called negs, which are, like, these anti-compliments that... And it's, like, there's totally a part of it that's super shady that, like, uh, you know, like, if we were to take, like, a, a feminist look on it, we'd say, like, basically this is intro to rape culture, like, right, right. But But really these guys are so sad that I feel safe talking about them. And so one of my... Uh, so in the book the game which is a book about this sub uh, sub community they they give this one example this guy he posts on one of the message boards he goes hey you know, I had so much trouble picking up women, and I think like this method is really great work for me. I'm so thankful to find you guys. My goal is going to be to approach 24 women in the next 24 hours. Whoa! He, so then he posts the next day. He's like, guys, I totally did it. I totally approached 24 women in 24 hours. Um, like, uh, this is such a great methodology. Now my goal is to ask for a hundred phone numbers in the next seven days. So he posts again seven days later. And he's like. This is working even better than I thought it would. I totally—I just asked for a hundred phone numbers. I think at this rate, I'll get laid within a year. <laughs> okay, now now take every like, um, you know, every part of your own dating life that you feel bad about, uh-huh. and just like compare your success rate versus asking for a hundred phone numbers uh, a week for a year. Right. Oh. If you ask for five thousand phone numbers, <laughs> oh my god! Right? And so uh, I just think, like, I mean, people freaking love this methodology because it's really exact, right? And it's yeah. like, it's kind of fun and and right. But like, I like I just read that story and I was like, oh, my dating method is really works. Here's here it is: three steps. Get a job. Right. Wear clean clothes. Look women in the eyes. Right, just like
0: (laughs) not for long periods of time from across the bar, though. (laughs) Right, that that could come off a little creepy.
1: No, well, you don't even have to go to the bar, right? It's like you run into women, like look them in the eyes, have a conversation. Have a yeah, right? You know, when you're like staring at their chest or staring at their feet, like you're afraid of them. Yeah, you're not going to get a date. No, you have you have a job, and you're like treat, and you're like you're clean, and you're treating them with respect. It's really easy at that point to go hey, you know, I'd love to take you out to dinner, right?
0: Like, yeah. my
1: like, and you know what? I bet you my method only gets you, like, you know, one, you know, good set of dates every, like, three months. But apparently that's four times as effective as this crazy-ass ask-for-100-phone-numbers-a-week kind of system. Right? And so, like, that's my, like, I mean, it's just, like, that's so much more complicated than it needs to be. And I think it's the same in personal finance that, like, you know, people are like, oh, you know, it's going to be so hard. It's going to be so, you know, I might have to do all of these things. And it's like, no, it's not that hard. Like, open your freaking mail. Yeah. Pay your bills on time. Do, yeah. Like, make one change, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, you know, like, you know, change your hobby. Like, change your hobby from eating and drinking to exercise, right? Like, do, do it with friends, but just change your hobby like some like dumbass tiny change can have really big effects for you.
0: Oh, for sure. And I mean, and you mentioned the dating thing. I uh I've always had trouble with uh dating women and this one most recent uh girl I dated, I just I just for some reason I had a little bit of alcohol, a little bit of liquid courage in me, not going to lie. Yeah. But I yeah. just I I was like, "You know what? I'm going to try this." I I was dressed nice-ish and I was Uh, I had a job, and I walked up to her, and I said, hey, would you like to go out sometime?
1: That was your pickup line? Yep. I mean, seriously, right?
0: Yep. Walked right up to her, and it was weird because it was out in the parking lot, so she's like turned around and was like kind of freaked out at first, and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, I really liked you in the bar, and I was wondering if we could maybe have a drink sometime. Uh, Just, you know, can I have your phone number, and I'll give you a text. And holy shit, it worked. And I'm like, oh, and I like got in the car and I, and I was driving home, and I'm like, I feel, I cannot believe that worked. I can do this all day long. It was so easy, and right. it was just because I decided. You know what? First, I think the thing is, even with money, you just have to start. You yep. just have to like do it and make it super simple. And like you mentioned, and once you start and do like the little things, it kind of snowballs onto itself. Right. So yeah. yeah.
1: So I mean, and. In- that's the thing, right? Like and she I mean, that was an authentic like approach that you did there, right? Just like there weren't like yeah. twenty women in the bar that you're like, well, iny meeny money mo, right? No, exactly. Like, you had a connection with her. It might not have been mutual, but in this case it was. But it like it was like it was real. You were like being honest. You didn't tell some dumb lie in order to get her attention.
0: And it was and, short. And it was short. Yep.
1: And hey, I'd really like to take you out sometime, right? That's it. Like, oh, that's what a pickup line is, right? Mm -hmm. It's not some complicated thing that you have to rehearse in the mirror. And you know what? She might say no. And in which case you go, that's fair. Thank you. Have a good day. And like, just let it go.
0: It's the fear of rejection too. I mean, I think that's why a lot of people won't start. And maybe uh, fear is why people don't start taking care of their money situation. Yeah. And you mentioned like the mail thing. People are afraid to open up their mail, so they just hide it away. Yeah. And if you just got over that little tiny irrational fear, you could get a lot done. And I mean I have my I have a ton of other irrational fears that I should I should obviously get over. Uh but
1: it's people are, are really driven by fear. For oh, it's no crazy. Good, for no Fox good reason. News. Yeah. You know? Um I was on Fox News the other day about that diet research. Um and I was really hoping, you know, one of the diets we were looking at was the DASH diet, which is pretty closely aligned with the USDA recommendations. Okay. And about a week into our research, the DASH diet was losing. And I thought, oh, here we go. Now I have a chance to go back on Fox News and and badmouth some government, you know, advice. They're going to freaking love Yeah, they're
0: going to love you, right.
1: And then it turned out that the DASH diet did really well. But, I, like, I was so excited <laughs> to be like, oh, We've got a winner! Yeah, <laughs> um, you no, know, no, it's true. And actually, one of the habits we didn't talk about that you're doing the three good things from your day mm-hmm. is actually there's you know it's pretty good research there around uh, mindset change, mm. right? Like you know it's easy for us to be negative and caught up in our own fears, and what you're doing. Um, essentially a gratitude practice or an appreciation practice is you're like recognizing every day that in fact, even though you do have stresses and you do have unfulfilled desire, in fact, your day was pretty good. And every day you're able to pick out, you know, three things that worked for the day. And uh, it just, it has this mindset change on people and they become more optimistic. And, you know, kind of a related topic is around luck. It's actually pretty well established now that luck is trainable. Because what's really going on with luck is an awareness of opportunity, and so that mindset change of you know being optimistic makes you more open to you know approaching a woman for the first time, mm-hmm. to making it you know opening your mail, to you know paying a bill, to right like all of that stuff you behave differently when you're happier and more optimistic. And so the, there's two big gratitude communities in the one in that goal that you're in. Um, and the other is, I think it's called, um, be grateful for someone or something.
0: I, yeah, just, I started that. Yeah.
1: Right. So either one is fine. It's the same practice mm-hmm. essentially. And, uh, it's like, uh, it, it's this great baseline for everything else that you want to do.
0: Yeah. I, I, the three things is it's tough sometimes because you have those shitty days and you have to force yourself to find the positives within those days.
1: I've been doing a version of that which, which I just call two good things and I do it with my partner, um, my, uh, I guess I'm, this is like my girlfriend, but girlfriend of nine years. Um, and uh, we've been doing it, I think, for the last eight years. And I remember that in the first year, Like, there's a pretty good chance that one of my good things was going to be a burrito. Mm. I had a great burrito today, right? Andrew
0: loves burritos.
1: That's right. Um, So, you know, but you know what? It was a good burrito. And that was, uh, like, one of the highlights of the day. And I did have a highlight, even though I was, you know, stressed about starting a company or, um, you know, maybe not having enough money at that point in time. Uh, You know, like, it just always kept me focused on the positive.
0: That's awesome, and you just say it out loud, right?
1: Yeah, we say it to each other. Um, I've only missed one night. I was uh at a bachelor party in Vegas, and things didn't go well uh, in the middle of the night, and I forgot to uh, I was maybe physically unable to call in, but other than that, yeah, we've said it every night for I think eight years. and if
0: you're away on business, you call
1: call or once I didn't. Uh, I didn't have access even to a phone and we just wrote it down and told it to each other when we got, when we got back
0: together. That's good.
1: But you know, like, like it's good to do it. If you have a a spouse, it's good to do it. You could do it with the Lyft community. It's good just to do it, you know, to yourself. Um, it's all like, you know, find some way to change your mindset about the world.
0: Mm -hmm. Is there any popular, uh, money related habits in MIT Lyft?
1: I mean, just to save money is really popular. A, yeah. you know, bring, a lunch, bring your lunch to work. I think mm. of that as it plays both a health and a financial one.
0: Or don't eat lunch. Don't eat lunch,
1: right? That saves you money. Um, eat at home. Yeah. You know, like a lot of those ones end up being um, uh, you know, financially motivated.
0: Cool. Now, how can people download Lyft? Are you on, you're on obviously the iOS. You're yes, on, we're on, on the
1: iPhone and Android uh and web. So, best place is just to go to our website, lift.do, Do. Yep. And we have uh prominent links for everything that you might want to do there.
0: And you and you're on Twitter.
1: I am on Twitter and the app is on Twitter at lift app. Okay. And I'm on Twitter as Tony Stubblebine, which is, you know, there's a lot of letters in there, but
0: uh, yeah. Well, mine's Matt Givanesi, so probably not yeah. nearly as many.
1: Well, you know what? The good news is that by putting our full names, like we don't get unwanted at messages on Twitter. You know, like since, since I joined, I think I'm the sixth user of Twitter. Like I'm one sixth? of the early. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. So I had the option of just going with, with at Tony. Tony. Yeah. And I definitely, uh, my friend Adam, who I think joined right after me, is at Adam he regrets it like you wouldn't believe really because now that Twitter is like 250 million active users (laughs) the number of people that like accidentally go at Adam you know right is -hmm. like unbelievable and essentially his at messages are worthless Whereas, like no one has ever once accidentally messaged me on Twitter you know like I get spam but no one does it by accident because you know it's impossible to make that
0: mistake I never even thought of that (laughs)
1: So it's, you're, you should be thankful that you're not like at Matt on, uh, on Twitter. That would just drive you nuts.
0: Yeah. You know what? But I would, I, I at the same time you say that, but I kind of would love to be that.
1: Yeah. The, the cred for it. Yeah. Is pretty, it's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah. And getting like a, probably get like a verified symbol or something. Something <laughs> <I wish>. cool. <laughs> right. So, all right. Well, Tony, uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show today and, and, talking to me about all this cool stuff.
1: like we barely talked about finance we talked about dating meditation you
0: diet. know i think they're all related <laughs> though i mean it everything's is. about money
1: yeah you need is. money
0: to date right you can't can't, you can't take a girl out if you don't have money that's right you right know?
1: i mean my advice get clean clothes that cost money
0: clean clean that's all it's all it needs to be It's clean right it doesn't need to be well i yeah. guess it should be kind of nice
1: yeah but really just clean is like a good start you look around like, you're overthinking it if you think you have to be, you know, like,
0: wearing the know, much, top of the yeah, line. Yeah. Top of
1: the line. Look around, like, what's going on. You got, like, you just got these slobbering dudes who are <laughs> dirty and filthy and, like, and basically scared of the women that they're, you know, so scared of the women that they're approaching that they're telling these ridiculous lies. Like, just, like, play a straight game. You're clean, yep. respectful, telling them what you want, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, yeah, but it takes a little money.
0: takes a little money, but it's money well spent if you're for looking sure. for that sort of thing. And, you know, and, and you did mention the the mail thing, which was perfect. That's good. It's so, like, that's so simple, ridiculously <laughs> simple. And what else? The save money, don't spend money, bring your lunch to work and use the Lyft app. It's free. Why not? For sure. You know, any, any uh, new things coming up with Lyft? The big thing we're working
1: on right now is Q&A. So we have a lot of the Lyft users that are asking each other questions and answering each other's questions, mm-hmm. and so like a lot of the questions that we're asking each other, I think could be you know answered um, uh, by the community, right? So like you know, what's a cheap, healthy uh, place to eat lunch, right? So mm-hmm. um, or even uh, you know like my team likes eats at Chipotle a lot, mm-hmm. and they trade tips about how to get more food uh for free so like i mean i'll just give you the the fundamental one is uh when you ask for beans ask for both kinds of beans and so it has the they actually you know they take a full scoop of one and then a full scoop of the other and suddenly you have twice as much beans twice as much beans right like there's all sorts of like little little tricks like that that the community wants to share with each other. And we have one of the most positive and helpful communities on the internet already. Um, so I'm excited to put that out in as a and a feature where, you know, you can ask a question and get an answer from someone in the community. who has got the same goal as you almost immediately. That's awesome. Yep.
0: I thank you for creating the app. It has right. been a huge help for me. Well, and... thank you for
1: being such a great user. It's kind of amazing. I like, I love to, talk to uh active lift users
0: yeah and and i will continue using it and i will continue spreading the word about it i've written an article about it maybe two articles about it uh because cool. i use it like i said every single day and i can't wait to see what you guys do next all right all right Matt, thank take you Take yeah
1: andrew have a good day
0: you too <laughs> All right, so all right. guys, if you have any questions and you'd like us to answer them, please email us at listofmoneymatters at gmail.com, and we really want to hear from you guys, seriously. And look, if you like the show, you like this conversation, you like what we're doing here, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you guys listen. Just we would, we, The positive feedback uh, is super important to us, and it helps us to gain some momentum in iTunes and Stitcher and all these other places that we are. Also, uh, we talk about a free money management tool called Mint. Right, We talked about Mint today, and we have a book all about Mint. It's free, and uh, it's uh, you can find it at masteringmint.com, and if you enter the promo code podcast, you'll get five bucks off. And last but not least, if you want to learn more about personal finance and money management, we are always writing new stuff, and we are posting up new articles and new episodes of this show at listenmoneymatters.com, and you can also find us at listenmoneymatters.com show. So that's it. Thanks again for hanging out with us, and we look forward to the next episode. Later, gentlemen. Later.